1: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. <laughs> I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's it going? You
2: know, I've had a really crazy week, but I'm feeling really good about it. Like, I, I've gotten a lot of stuff done, and I, your positive vibes from 2019 and last week, I feel like, I'm just, like, bringing it into this year.
1: You I know, didn't ask like, oh. for a goddamn novel, okay? You know
2: what? You're right. You're always right, and I am so sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um what's what's in this episode
1: i'm glad you asked on today's episode we're gonna start off with worst things first as always the part of the show where i tell you all of the worst news of the week after that we are diving deep into all of the objects in my life that do not bring me joy you know why because marie kondo told me that i need to hold everything i own and i did and boy oh boy were most things a disappointment to me Maybe, maybe I'm just broken <laughs> and incapable of feeling joy. <laughs> and finally, we've got Francesca Ramsey in the studio as our guest complainer. Francesca is an actress, comedian, video blogger. She was a writer and correspondent at The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, and she hosts MTV's web series Decoded. But most importantly, she's from Florida, so we have a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's frickin' start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. Immigration officials in Malaysia? I don't really know how immigration works in other places. I'm
2: real nervous about this story. This is a great way to start it off.
1: Immigration officials stopped a 45-year-old man from Singapore who was trying to enter Malaysia. They stopped him after hearing meowing sounds coming from his pants. Uh,
2: It's always from the pants.
1: From a bulge in his pants. No. Turns out he was smuggling four live kittens. (laughs) (laughs) Not just one. Four whole kittens.
2: How did he keep them in his pants?
1: I don't know. They really did not get into specifics, <laughs> but I am curious. Like, did he duct tape them to his legs? Did was it like a knife? smuggle
2: it in his butthole?
1: Where just the head was peeking out? <laughs> I guess all four heads would have to peek out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess there have been like a number of stories about animal smuggling recently. U.S. Customs and Border Protection stopped a man last year trying to enter JFK in New York from Guyana in South America with 70 live birds. Oh in my a god! Bag. <laughs> and you know they how were he still did it? Alive? Yeah, he stuffed each bird into its own hair curler. <laughs> <laughs> and they opened the bag, and they were like, "Why are all of these curlers flying around the airport?" And that's how birds get into airports. <laughs> Next! Okay, here's a story. A man in San Francisco bought a $30 scratch off lottery ticket and bam, he thinks he won $10,000. Okay, so he goes home and he tells his roommate and he's like, guess what, bitch? I won $10,000. And then he goes to the lottery place to collect his money and the lottery people are like, actually, this ticket is fake. What? and the the man is like what the fuck no i won and then he's like wait a second what if my roommate did some shit and it turns out his roommate did some shit <gasps> he like went to the police told them like i think my roommate stole my winning lottery ticket and they set up like a sting operation.
2: Oh my God.
1: (laughs) And the roommate had started filling out like the paperwork you need to fill out to claim a lottery ticket winnings. (laughs) And an investigator reached out and was like, oh yeah, come on into the office and collect your money. And then he came in and they arrested him. Because he had the original ticket. Then it turns out that the ticket was actually worth $10 million. No. <laughs> Not $10,000. No. So this man bragged that it was worth a 100 times less than he thought. His roommate stole it. Turns out it was actually worth $10 million.
2: You know what he should do? He should fucking buy that building and evict
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you truly fucked up. Like you could have, your roommate is now your former roommate. I mean, your roommate now. Oh! <laughs> um, Are your cellmates. Yeah. <laughs> it's a prison cell. Yeah. You tried to rob your roommate, and now he's worth $10 million, and you're in jail. So <laughs> have fun. Although, uh, it, 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 in San Francisco. <laughs> Ten million dollars will get you get you get you a studio apartment, am I right? Oh, oh you're right. Oh <laughs> We should just shut this down. <laughs> Honestly, why do we do this anymore? Is anyone listening? <laughs> NEXT! Christmas isn't over for a woman in Springfield, Virginia, after an egg case containing more than 100 praying mantises hatched in the middle of her Christmas tree (laughs) and have infested her apartment. (laughs) Can you imagine what a hell that is? You you wake up one day and your apartment is (laughs) covered in praying mantises. Like, A, what a horrifying bug to have a hatch in your home en masse. (laughs) But this woman, uh, of course, is, like, you know, the nicest person ever, and she refuses to kill them. She doesn't want to, like, vacuum them up, so she's been individually, like, catching them all as she finds them with envelopes and putting them in shoeboxes and feeding them fruit flies. Okay,
2: so it sounds like she was pranked and that someone knew that she was going to do this then.
1: What a horrible prank.
2: I mean, like, also a pretty great prank, though.
1: I honestly, I'd burn my house down. (laughs) With all of my belongings, because <laughs> then what if like I mean I guess they're all siblings, but mm. what if they start having babies with one another? Does incest apply to praying mantises? Praying mantises—they're the ones who like the the female bites off the male's head after they have sex. Yeah. So at least at least that dick is dead, <laughs> and then she laid her sack in the Christmas tree, and then bam, nine months later. <laughs> A hundred praying mantises. What a horror show! Absolutely. I would, I would, I would end it.
2: Look at all the presents Santa brought.
1: I just, ugh, I don't want to go anywhere near the state of Virginia. Next, sad news: as the first nude restaurant in Paris is closing its doors after just a year because it's not making enough money. What the fuck? The French? <laughs> oh, is, a, is a, a free meal that only costs $58 not good enough for you just because you have to be naked while you eat it? <laughs> How dare you? This is cuisine. French cuisine.
2: My important question is, do the chefs wear clothes? Yes. Yes, they do. Okay, that's yeah. good. That would be a of, danger.
1: All of the restaurant staff wears clothes. So this restaurant called Au Natural...
2: Amazing title. Amazing name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What else are you going to call it? This restaurant opened in December 2017 and they offered a three course dinner with like lobster and all this nice ass stuff for only $58. But you have to, it's for customers that were butt ass naked. And shockingly, not enough people took that offer. Even the French, (laughs) who are notoriously nude.
2: I feel like if I were at a nude restaurant, I would only be able to drink or eat lukewarm items. Because if I were to spill even the slightest, it would be a danger.
1: True. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming there's still like there's a napkin across their lap.
2: I mean, I don't know the rules. I, I haven't been there, and the I'll never be able to. do of on natural are
1: like, no, ma'am. I have to see your taint <laughs> at all times. It has to be fully visible. the The space in between your vagina and butthole needs to be fully visible to me before I s- serve you this soup.
2: That would also mean that the napkins are basically underwear, and I don't want to like wear other people's underwear.
1: I mean, the world is basically a pair of underwear. It's
2: beautiful. I'm surprised it lasted a year.
1: Honestly, yeah.
2: I thought you were gonna say after a
1: week. So. I just don't... I think it's how a How is that appealing to anybody? Because you know there's nobody walking in there who's, like, a model. Right, I feel You're like... You're staring at an old man's, like, wrinkly baguette for the entire three-course meal. Oh, God.
2: I feel like it would only work if it were on a nude beach. Like, where there was already a nude situation. Because that's the other thing. Do you get to the <laughs> restaurant and then disrobe?
1: I don't think you leave your house <laughs> naked and walk through the streets of Paris. So I'm saying there.
2: that it probably would be a more successful establishment if it were a nude restaurant that was like a little shack near a nude beach or other nude colony. Sure. You know, I just don't I'm just under- trying to help them
1: out. OK, why do they need that? Like, who's asking for this? What niche is this serving besides like hungry pervs?
2: I think that's the niche, and you know what? Turns out,
1: not strong enough. I like. I don't even know if I'm fully on board with eating naked anywhere. I do it only out of laziness. <laughs> Finally, a giant two hundred and ten foot long fatberg. Do you remember what a fatberg is? No. <laughs> it's your mom. No. <laughs> your mom. <laughs> Uh, A fatberg, if you recall, because I think we had talked about one during Worst Things First like a year ago when one was found in London, um, is a mass of like grease and fat and shit and wet wipes that forms in the sewers. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, And then it becomes sentient. So this giant fatberg, it's one of the largest ever found. It, it was this taller than the Leaning Tower of Pisa. What? Which sounds impressive, but I don't know how fucking tall the Leaning Tower of Pisa is. It always looks so small in those photos. Yeah, people are holding it up <laughs> with their hands. That's yeah. not that big at all. I realize I don't really know. Like, the Statue of Liberty is not that big.
2: Yeah, I remember when I saw it for the first time, I was like, okay. Oh, it's a statue. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on an island.
1: Yeah, also like the Eiffel Tower isn't that big. Really? I don't think so. There I've never, never seen been. it. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I was going to go to Paris was to eat at a nude restaurant. And now my life is dead. Anyway, this the, this giant 210 foot long fatberg was found blocking a sewer of a seaside town in the UK. It is apparently will take eight weeks to remove.
2: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Been there. <laughs> <laughs> my mom had a fatberg grow inside of her for nine months. And then I ate him. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that is it for Worst Things First. Next, we are piling all of our plaid shirts up. We are taking them one by one. And we are making them tell us whether they bring joy or not. And if they don't, we are bucking them up. Marie. Condo. Tidying. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep All right, so many of you fair weather Marie Kondo fans are jumping on the tidying up bandwagon now that she has a TV show, but some of us hardcore stands of Marie Kondo, were we know her from all the way back in 2012 because of her uh, very popular book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Did you know about Marie Kondo before this?
2: Yeah, I never read I her I bet book. you didn't, okay. you dumbass. I just said I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I read her book, and then I did nothing about it. But I still love her, so shut your fucking mouth. Obviously, I was a fan of the book before it was cool, because I'm better than you. But if you haven't read the book or seen the TV show... It's basically a guide to getting rid of the shit in your life that you don't need. And the gist of the Marie Kondo method is that you individually hold every item in your life and you decide whether it sparks joy. And if it doesn't, then you thank it for its service and then you toss it into a flaming pit of hell. Have you watched any of the TV show? No. She's the nicest person. She she pulls up with uh, an assistant slash translator who holds an umbrella for her. She pulls up in like an automatic van and the door opens for her and closes behind her. So she doesn't touch anything until she comes in. I fucking love her. I live for her. And I want her to slap me across the face. <sighs> So, in honor and in service to our god Marie Kondo, I decided to do an audit of my life and get rid of all the shit that doesn't spark joy in me, and I will share all of these things with you in hopes that you might also tidy the fuck out of your life and get rid of all these shitty things. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yes! First, people on Instagram... Who post a picture with their boyfriends, and then the caption refers to them as this guy, or even worse, this goober? (laughs) Fuck you! What the fuck is a goober? First of all, a goober is a Smucker's product that I thought was discontinued, but apparently is not. According to my research,
2: it's also from SpongeBob.
1: Oh yeah, I'm the goofy goober.
2: goober. Fantastic film, saw it in theaters, would see again.
1: I'm trying to be introspective and ask myself, does this only make me angry because I am not posting pictures with anybody?
2: Uh, You posted a photo with Kerry Washington.
1: Okay, but I'm not going to call her my goober. (laughs) (laughs) Just hanging out backstage with this goober. (laughs) (laughs) After seeing her in a harrowing play about, like, police brutality, I take a picture with Carrie Washington and then post it with a caption, hanging out with this goober, me and the goobs. (laughs) I just, like, stop. Stop referring to them as this. Does not spark joy. Next. This one um, may be a bit controversial, but heartfelt videos designed to make you emotional? Let me explain. These are videos that are basically designed to make you cry. I feel like I've been seeing more and more of them on Facebook and Instagram. They're always like, watch this abandoned baby elephant who got shot in the face as a fetus and can't hear out of either of its eyes sniff for the first time with its estranged mother who just came back from Afghanistan. (laughs) Real title that I just made up. I just, there's some, there's some that I get, but then there are some that I'm like, ah, this feels weird that you're like broadcasting this moment. I guess it's, I don't, I don't hate on, if you want to feel joy, whatever. <laughs> it just feels weird to me. I don't know. When when it's like, watch this baby, like hear its mom for the first time. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. that's his moment. Why do <laughs> I need to be a part of it? <laughs> I'm going to start a web series where I purposely like kidnap people <laughs> just so I can broadcast the moment where I reunite them.
2: That show's going to be extremely successful.
1: Yeah. Ellen, if you're listening, I feel like this would be a great addition to your suite of of properties. <laughs> I think we this has a lot of potential. Next! This is what does not spark joy in me. I don't know if I've ever truly talked about this on the podcast before, but... Sushi is the worst food ever invented.
2: I also really... I just never want it for lunch. Everyone always wants it for lunch, and I don't want it for lunch because I'm never full. But I like like an experience.
1: It is probably wrong in some way to use a Japanese woman's concept of tidying up to disparage sushi as an entire food group.
2: That's... <laughs> it yep. just
1: does not appeal to me. And everybody loves... I think this is truly my answer to what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves. Because I do get asked that a lot. And I realized I don't have an answer. One time I was at an event and someone asked me and I said vagina. And there were children there. And I realized <laughs> I should not have said that. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> um... But my real answer is a relative of vagina, which is sushi. And even like, I remember I went to that one place in LA that sugarfish, is that it? Where people are like, even if you hate sushi, you'll love it. It's so fresh. No, it's still fucking raw fish that you're asking me to eat. No.
2: Okay. Well, then there
1: you go. I don't.
2: Okay. I don't like raw anything. Okay.
1: Stop yelling at me. (laughs) Have I eaten it? Yes. Have I gagged? Yes. Is it a bad gag? Yes. Next! People who post childhood photos next to adult photos, like before and after, and the caption is like, this glow up. (laughs) But it's like, all you did was grow up. Like, all you did was just the years passed by. I feel like this is it always comes up in my Instagram explore page where people either they do it for themselves or they do it for celebrities like I see it like Shawn Mendes fans do this a lot where it's like he has barely gone through puberty and they post a picture of him as like a three year old and him now and they're like this glow up and it's like he aged why are you what are you celebrating the baby is not hot it's a baby exactly (laughs) It's like, bitch, all he did was age. That's like taking a photo of blue cheese and saying, this glow up. <laughs> no, that's molt. Next! This I've talked about plenty, but pizza does not spark joy in me. I think I finally, I've, I've finally gone from tolerating it to actively disliking it. I've been pushed over the edge because people are still substituting a personality with pizza. Next! Why do they fucking put everything behind a lock and key at Dwayne Reed? Let me steal. <laughs> every fucking tide product is now behind a goddamn lock and key. All because someone invented a trend last year. Now I can't buy tide and wash my fucking armpits because I have to talk to a Dwayne Reed employee. Although every time I go to the Dwayne Reed near my apartment, someone steals something. <laughs> <laughs> And I I learned recently that I apparently at some retail stores they're not allowed to chase you but beyond like the sidewalk right so if you're gonna steal <laughs> run fast <laughs> and get beyond the barrier of the sidewalk because <laughs> I swear to God every time I'm in Dwayne Reed there's the, like this manager at the Dwayne Reed who will chase them to the sidewalk and then just yell like profanities at the person across who stands on the other side of the street and yells back. <laughs> It's like you're a fucking loser. And then the, the other person is like, you work at Dwayne Reed.
2: Love New York City.
1: <laughs> I know. This is why this is it's literally like below my apartment. Next, read receipts. This was on my mind earlier. There's no nothing in life is improved by read receipts. I don't know of any story. Tell me a story in which read receipts made life better. I dislike the fact that technology has made it seem as if I am available (laughs) when I am not. Because, yes, technically I'm always available. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes you're, like, not ready to respond. Next! People who FaceTime in public, and or at all. I don't think FaceTiming is a good invention. A, because when someone FaceTimes you... It immediately activates your camera. And even though I know I'm the only one who can see it on my end until I answer, it's still upsetting. Because it's never like my diva light isn't on. I'm never like in front of an open window. My wind machines aren't plugged in. So I'm never in my prime. (sighs) I did someone FaceTimed me at midnight on New Year's Eve And I was fully naked. (laughs) I was in a robe on my couch. And then I had to like button up the robe. And she was like, oh, you were naked. And I was like, I'm in a robe. And then she turned the phone around and showed me to everybody she was in the room with. I was like, you're basically like, okay, why don't I just bend over? (laughs) Next in things that do not spark joy in me, straight guys who are good at gay baiting me. Mm -hmm. Because I'm very vulnerable to it. If you don't know what gay baiting is, it's when straight guys do shit that gets all of the gays being like, oh my God, I love him. Which is basically my entire (laughs) aesthetic. (laughs) But yeah, it specifically made me think about it because Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name and Beautiful Boy, is that the movie that he's in this year? He wore this like sparkly like, harness thing to the Golden Globes and everybody lost their minds. Even though I think it was Dolce & Gabbana, maybe, who, whoever made it clarified that it was like, it's a bib, not a harness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, first of all, that's not better. B, you're trying to make it sound less gay. Uh, C, you've already caught me. Like, my gay cheek has been hooked. BE GAY! Or stop trying to get my attention. Next, anybody who has more than one coat, what are you doing? What are you doing?
2: Okay, having several coats. This is, is amazing. New York City, are you bitch. Kidding me?
1: Where do you keep them all, or do you sleep on them?
2: <laughs> That's my mattress. <laughs> That's i would <laughs> stuffed. It's just a bunch of coats stuffed together.
1: <laughs> I I spent. on one coat. And that's my (laughs) coat now. That's my coat for life.
2: No, but you have to Moira it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, if I were a soap opera star, then sure, I I probably could. Now, I do have more than one jacket slash coat. But it's just like, I don't understand. It's so fun. How you choose. I barely.
2: Weather, humidity, outfit, how high your pants are that day. Oh, you just wear the same thing every day anyway. So that's why.
1: Yeah, I only have one Coat that I bought from J. Crew that weighs 70 pounds, and that's what I wear everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any other options because A, I have limited closet space because that's where I live, <laughs> and B, I don't like choices. Isn't there a whole thing by like, that's why Steve Jobs, like, Was so famous. Yeah, uniforms. He never wore any... He never had to, like, make choices in the morning.
2: Yeah, because he didn't have fun. No, (laughs) I I don't know. I just... I like picking out outfits, so I don't...
1: All he did was, like, sit on a hardwood floor every day.
2: That's it. That's all
1: he did. (laughs) He didn't do anything else. (laughs) Name one other thing. Name one thing Steve Steve Jobs Jobs has done. Um, Next, ice cream sandwiches made with two hard cookies. You always think it's going to be better, but it's not. It's really difficult to eat. It's too hard to eat.
2: It, it's it's really hard and then once you get through it's just like Im- like you're going to break your teeth because they just immediately go together, you know what I mean? And then it's just like cold everywhere and it's right. just a painful experience.
1: In Mexico, um because I went to Mexico. Oh, my God, you went to Mexico? Yeah, it was wow. in Mexico and I had a churro ice cream sandwich. Mm. And it was sort of the same thing. Also, they didn't have any spoons.
2: In all of Mexico?
1: All of Mexico, not one spoon. That's insane. Or spork.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: And finally, the fact that Netflix still asks, are you still watching in the year of our Lord 2019? This service, Netflix has existed for what, 50 years? Around. You should understand by now that A, I'm always watching, and B, I don't want to take even the five seconds that it takes for me to find my fucking remote and click, yes, I'm still watching. Every time it comes up, I scream yes at my TV in hopes that it will understand. Every time. (laughs) It should, my Apple remote at this point should know to respond to that. The visceral anger in my voice. There's nobody, there's never been a time where I've ever used that function. Ever. If I fall asleep, that's my own fault. And I deserve the consequences. And that is it for this week's Deep Dive. I feel more joyful already. Now I have room in my life for all of the better things. Like a cold glass of brewski. (laughs) I hope everybody feels as inspired as I do. Tidy up your fucking life, you idiots. And now, Francesca Ramsey. My guest complainer today is the prolific writer, actress, comedian, video blogger, Francesca Ramsey. Uh, You know Francesca as Cheska Lee on Twitter. She's been a writer and contributor uh, for The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, the MTV web series Decoded. You may know her amazing and hilarious videos starting, well, not starting with, but including the iconic uh, shit black girls say to what shit white girls say to black girls. Almost fucked it up. I got there in the end. (laughs) Um, other creds, we need to read all of them. She's also the co-host of the podcast Last Name Basis and author of the book, Well, That Escalated Quickly. Francesca welcome to the show thank you for having me oh, I'm out of breath just reading all of your accomplishments
0: I was listening to that and I was like oh I did that, I did that. <laughs> oh, that was me
1: uh, well we like to be in a bad mood and get our complaining juices mm, going by I'm asking, always ready <laughs> asking everybody what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves mm. The Marvelous Miss Maisel.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. I was ready. And if you like that show, we are going to start this episode off on a bad note. Because I have things to say.
1: Tell me why
0: um i'm not here for this idealized version of the 50s where racism doesn't exist (laughs) i also can't really get into like stories about rich girls achieving their dreams yeah it's just like i live in this big apartment and i've always wanted to be a stand-up comic and i never bomb and i also have perfect tits like okay uh enough and just in case you're thinking like oh my god That's horrible. I love that show. I gave that show a smooth six episodes. Like, I I committed. I was like, everybody loves this show. I want to know if it's good. And I kept watching, and I genuinely think that the clothes are the only reason that I made it that far, (laughs) because I I love the clothes. The
1: clothes are great, yeah.
0: The clothes are beautiful. Um, I feel like the acting style is very... It's, I don't know, like, she's this stand-up comic, but, like, nothing she says is funny to me, Uh but she says it in a way that, like, she, you know it's supposed to be funny. She's like, right, because I was talking to my husband, and I was like, hey, (laughs) husband, and I'm like, where, where was, i not here, one joke, like, it sounded like a joke was coming. Right,
1: right. I mean, that is, like, 90% of a joke. (laughs) It's just the person being like, eh.
0: yeah, I don't know. It just, and then like, oh, there was this one episode. I can't remember which one it is, but she goes to get a job at Macy's and the girl is giving her a tour. And she was like, and there's our Negro girl. She works with the Negro customers. And she's like, hi, I'm a Negro. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? First of all, you would not work here. Second of all, you wouldn't be like, hi, I'm Negro and I only get to talk to the Negro girls. But she would be like, this sucks. I'm prettier and more talented than all of these hoes. And I don't even get to fuck. I used to be in, like, the back room somewhere. Yeah. But in this, like, magical version of reality, she just, like, hangs out with them and it's, like, all good. I don't know. It just, like, really <laughs> bothered me.
1: I, yeah, I feel like I identify with the, the Jane Lynch character. Did you get to that episode? No, I didn't. <laughs> I think it's towards the end of the first season where she plays this comic on stage who is, like, a kind of... Larry, the cable guy type, oh, okay. and then she invites uh, the main character, uh, Miss Maisel, over to her house, and it's like this mansion, and she has butlers. And, so like... everybody's
0: just like rich and deciding that they want to do. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like that's... I don't know one rich person
1: who was like, you know
0: what, I want to do, like go do stand up right. comedy. But it,
1: like that character is. Like at least in private, owns the fact that she's like just this rich piece of shit, but and like is totally faking it on stage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I love that. That is what I aspire to.
0: Okay, here's the thing. I understand why people do like the show. Like I've talked to people who have really expressed that they feel like because it's such a culturally Jewish show, Mm -hmm. and and one thing that I didn't think about that like definitely changed my perspective on it a little bit in the sense that like their Jewishness is not the punchline on that. Show And on a lot of shows, characters are like, like, look at me. And (laughs) like, that's the the joke is that they're Jewish, not that they're just Jewish and funny. So like, I get that. And for some people, they're like, that's the first time I've seen my culture really reflected in that way. And I think that that's awesome. It just doesn't speak to me. Yeah. And... I watched the Emmys this year, and I was like, "Holy shit, this show is sweeping!" Mm-hmm. And I, I can't get into it. And I really, really tried, right. and I felt like a failure of some sort.
1: I didn't want to tell people. It's not. It's not a reflection on you. Well, I know it's not. i will fly as fuck. <laughs> so like, it's cool. Like, I just don't like the show. All right. Um, I accept. It. I accept that. No. I like. I'm not I gonna saw say that it was difficult for you, though. I saw the look in your eyes. You were like, "Oh my god." I enjoy it. Like, I'm not. It's not like I'm gonna sit here and defend it like I don't feel like that strongly Mm -hmm. about Mm it that is my, my problem I think with most things pop culture is that I'm like I don't. I'm not gonna go to bat for anything. Well, we're also not like 13 years old because yeah. I never was the type of
0: person who was gonna fight somebody over something. Right. But, like, I, for example, Taylor Swift stands have tried to get my
1: Twitter shut down.
0: <laughs> like, it's been like, and, and it was a more like a very mild tweet. I,
1: I was just listening to um, you were on Lost Culturistas, yes. and I I wanted to ask you about this because <laughs> oh you were talking my God.
0: about it. <laughs> you can tell it scarred me for life. Like, I don't want stands to come for me. Like, if you say anything about their fave, they will yeah. try to destroy you. That's what
1: I feel like I'll say something and then someone will come at me for it and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't really care that much.
0: Yeah, I don't get, like, if you
1: say you don't like a musician
0: or a show that I like, like, I don't get worked up about it. Right, but right. But I think for a lot of young people these days, especially because of social media, they feel this, like, deep connection to artists like they watched them grow up they've yeah. talked to them they've built these relationships with them so they feel very protective over them right and i think it was when um taylor swift did a cover of earth Wind, and fires september right i literally <laughs> tweeted who asked for this and people were like i asked for this bitch i was like what is going
1: on and then but also like did you no, <laughs> did you, you, you ask for this know. you did even yeah. what? Uh, no. What? I mean, no. I, I still haven't even listened to it. it was, I, th- I It was refuse. bad. It yeah. was
0: it was bad. And and that's not to say that like she and that was the other thing that was so funny, is like not to diminish her talent. Like I do think she's talented. Yeah. Not necessarily like all her music is for me. But her stands went and dug up old tweets where I'd said positive things about Taylor Swift. And they're like, Flip you're lops. a fraudulent bitch because you said that you liked 1989. And I was like, I did. And like, it, there were bots on there.
1: <laughs> Are you we me? can like, contain multitudes.
0: Seriously. Justice well, yeah. for the Wildest Dreams video. Because I thought it sucked and I love that song. Yeah. But also... She didn't need to do a cover of Earth, Wind, and Fire.
1: Yeah. It does feel I mean, this isn't like a novel take, but like, there's no nuance on the internet. You either are like 100% for something or 100% oh, against it. There's absolutely. no middle ground.
0: I have definitely figured out through lots of trial and error, which is largely what my book is about, is that I don't need to weigh in on everything. And there are oftentimes things where I'm like, I could weigh in on this, but the conversation that needs to be had about this is way more nuanced than 140 characters. And people are just going to get mad at me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you, you feel this way. Just as someone who, like, you know, you are a personality on the internet, and because your job is to, like, be a person on the internet. Yeah. The expectation is that you are going to be commenting on oh, everything that happens. My goodness!
0: And I think because I've pulled back, people have stopped putting that expectation on me. But yeah. there was a an amount of time where, like, if any person said something racist, everyone was like, "Uh oh, Francesca's <laughs> gonna come and get you." <laughs> Everyone's like, "Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see?" It? it was just like a barrage of people sending me the worst things that had happened to them, screenshots of the most awful messages. Yeah. Were Things on their Facebook, and it was so overwhelming because I couldn't comment on all of it. And sometimes, as you know, with the internet, everybody's talking about that thing, right? So, why do I need to chime in on it? Like, everything has been said that needs to be said. Like, I don't have a fresh take on some innocent person being murdered. I'm like, that was bad. What what else do you need me to say? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're all talking about it, and I think that that's important, but sometimes. I found for myself and I see other people do this as well. Sometimes people say something just so they can get credit for saying something mm-hmm. rather than actually saying something worth- worthwhile. And when I recognized that in myself, I thought, well, let me just use my platform more to uplift other people's voices yeah. so I don't have to be the center of attention all the time. Cause I don't always know mm-hmm. and I don't always have the freshest or best take on something.
1: Yeah, I always I always oscillate between like the there is the, the like Taylor Swift method of like being a person person on the internet and the Beyonce method,
0: which is... <laughs> Wait, break down these methods for me.
1: <laughs> this is more about like self-promotion and mm-hmm, less about mm-hmm. like engaging in, in yes. uh, current events. Okay, But yeah, I mean like Taylor's method obviously has been like, I'm your best She's friend. She's very accessible. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. like everybody's tweets and like I'm, you know, invite you over to my house. Mm-hmm. And Beyonce is like, you'll get what you get when I give it to you. Well, Beyonce and doesn't like, like us. That's the <laughs> right. thing.
0: And I think that that's like a, and, all know, and, I'm, all, and I'm okay with that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can see it sometimes too. Like there's this really funny clip where she's like singing. I think she was singing Resentment uh-huh. and someone screamed out and she gave them this look like, you need to shut <laughs> the fuck up. And I was like, oh my God, like that's what I love about her. Like she's doing her thing. She's not trying to be our friend. Right, she's right. like, I'm grown with children and a husband. Like I don't need y'all. I Versus a Taylor Swift who's like, I love you guys so much. I'm like, right. you don't love me. You don't even know me. I
1: just ordered... Um, Beyonce, they, I, you know, I'm on the, the email list. Mm, and you're in the beehive? Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and, um, they sent an email with like the holiday merch and I ordered like this mug mm-hmm. and it came just fully shattered. Oh. And, they, and I was like, <laughs> I baseball. deserve this. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Beyonce wants me to drink from this mug and bleed. <laughs> And I will. <laughs> she was like, nobody told you to buy that mug. <laughs> I spent $400 on this mug. Uh, no, I still have to eat. I'm, I'm like eagerly versus, anticipating what they'll say to versus me. Versus
0: Taylor Swift will like bake you actual <laughs> cookies and like send you a video. she like, like hey, fire Matt, up the kiln I'm and make I'm making these eat. cookies for you. And like, thank you so much for buying 10 copies of Reputation. Yeah. You know, like, and it, to me... There's a level of desperation in that approach mm-hmm. that does not speak to me that like there's I like a celebrity that has a line between like their personal life and their public life. Yeah. And I like that there's stuff about I don't know what Beyonce's bathroom looks like. <laughs> like, I don't know what's in her closet. Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I can dream about it, but I don't know. And I kind of like that. About yeah. Her. I have like my my six degrees of separation Beyonce story. If yeah. I hear it. We worked on an award show at BET, and one of the other writers worked on a project with Uh Jay-Z. And she was like, oh, I've seen Decoded stuff. You know how I found out about it? From Jay-Z. And I was like, what are you talking about? Jay-Z's biography is called Decoded, so he has like a Google alert that shows up anytime Decoded comes up. And so he saw Decoded, and according to her, he said, have you heard of this funny nerd bitch? (laughs) So, so that is
1: your title I now. Know. And
0: she was like, she was like, really, like when she told me, I was like, oh my God, she's like, oh, I feel so terrible. I shouldn't have told you he called you a funny nerd bitch. And I was like, no, I'm going to get it like tattooed on yeah. my neck. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, like, you know, that means that Beyonce's watched it because they like sit in bed and watch YouTube videos because they can't leave their apartment. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my God, Beyonce's seen decoded. So, <sighs> I, and then I, When I finally meet her, I will just say, like, funny nerd bitch. Right, right. Might have heard of me.
1: Yeah. I don't even know how we got on that. Besides that, I like to approach the internet like Beyonce sometimes, <laughs> where it's just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not here to you interact. You uh, yeah. get what
0: you get, and then I go away.
1: Let's talk about, like, kind of how how you got started. I, my favorite line from your Wikipedia page was, <laughs> she was using computers early. Having a website in high school during the 1990s. <laughs> direct quote Wow. Well,
0: I don't know who wrote that because apparently it's a faux pas to edit your own Wikipedia page and uh-huh. I don't even know how. So
1: Sam, yeah. Shout
0: out to whoever did that. I actually started my first website in middle school.
1: Nice. What what?
0: Um, I went to computer camp because, Uh you know, (laughs) that's what cool kids do. Um, I went to this computer camp and I learned HTML and Mm -hmm. I learned how to code. Uh, It was like right after seventh grade. It's like summer after seventh grade.
1: What year was
0: this? 97. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do the math. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I went to this computer camp and it was really small. There was like 10 kids, myself and one other girl. We were the only girls at the camp and she had a website. And I was like, oh my God, I need to have a website too. Um, so I, she kind of like inspired me to learn HTML and I started blogging and, and just kind of like keeping a diary online Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, I asked for a scanner for Christmas so I could scan <laughs> my photos onto the internet. What y'all know about that? No digital cameras back then. Um, so I would... Yeah, s- you have to wait for the
1: Kodak to come back yes, from the pharmacy.
0: Yes, I got, get the dual disposable cameras. So yeah, I always just had an interest in the internet. And then... Um, after I went to acting school, I got a job working on the School of Public Health's website. Okay. Um, and I thought like, oh, this is really cool. I could get a job doing this. So like maybe I should study this instead of acting because I knew I'd be a terrible waitress. And so <laughs> I studied graphic design and then YouTube came out while I was in college. Yeah. So I started making YouTube videos Um, and the rest is kind of history in the sense of like, you know, you make a bunch of videos and they don't go anywhere. And then I had a viral hit in 2012, but I had been making videos for about six years before that. And it was just kind of trying different things, sketches, hair stuff, um, parodies. I love to sing and do characters and things like that. And so, um, you know, the internet was just a place where I always felt like I could be myself and connect with other people. And I never expected that it would lead to a career, but I'm right. so
1: glad that it did. And it was it was mostly on accident. Yeah, yeah. I have to remind myself of this a lot too, but like there truly is no such thing as an overnight success. No, like absolutely all of not. those things you might just have heard of them overnight, but like there's still so much work that went into getting to that point. And you you beat all of the odds by um coming from Florida. No, <laughs> Oh wow! Yes, was there... I am a P.O.F. a person of Florida,
0: and it is very difficult.
1: Was there a point when you realized that like Florida was Florida?
0: Okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for my state, defend Florida. Or... I'm gonna defend Florida for a hot minute. No pun intended. <clears throat> here's the thing. Yes, a lot of ridiculous stories come out of Florida. It's not completely our fault. We have what is called the Freedom of Information Act. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It means that whenever somebody gets arrested for a crime, it is public record immediately. Oh. There are lots of good and bad things about this. For example, all of the emails of our state legislators are available for anybody to they're like public record. Right. But that also means that when some like weird story happens it instantly goes on a police blotter. That's also why cops is filmed in Florida because the press can just like ride along with cops and you have no guarantee of privacy if you are arrested for a crime, even if you are not guilty. And so (laughs) now everybody knows that weird stories come out of Florida and it's not that they happen more in Florida. It's just that you have access to them before someone has actually been charged with a crime.
1: You are blowing my mind right now. (laughs)
0: In summation, stop shitting on Florida (laughs) unless you are a POF. You know, it's just like black people jokes. We can make jokes about ourselves and y'all have to listen and laugh but you can't make certain jokes that we can make as a person of florida oh, there are certain jokes i can make oh no that i'm not okay with All other right. people making this is
1: the last episode of unhappy <laughs> hour unfortunately we have to, we have to cancel ourselves
0: uh, i listen i get it florida is weird i get it there's i like it down there it's it's slow uh-huh. it's very slow it's very laid back which is difficult when i go back now that I've been living in New York like I am very much in New York right now. right um, but yeah I mean I um, I love the sun. I love a, a slim flip-flop.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listen, I we have uh, the first segment that we always start out on uh, Happy Hour with is Worst Things First. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, the craziest, weirdest it's news of the week. It's always Inevitably, we, we always say only in Florida because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. always these crazy stories. Um, but yeah, I've been to a Florida a bunch of times now to perform and I've never had like a horrible experience there. Yeah. Like most of the people who have driven me have been drunk, but like <laughs> besides that I do remember I finished a comedy show I think it was it was on it might have been in West Palm Beach (gasps) that's where I'm from I know I've been I've been there Mm -hmm. I performed there but I can't remember if maybe I'm thinking of Tampa that this particular incident happened at he drove me back to my hotel and I was like oh I'm you're like 100% we're <laughs> right now. <laughs> we're not going far and I yeah, don't have I, the ability to I speak up for myself I definitely
0: think because it's warm year round that does increase like people getting a little turnt yeah you know because in the winter oftentimes you don't want to go anywhere you're like I'm just gonna stay my ass at home it is way too cold and that's not a problem in Florida so, yeah. like, so I do think that that contributes to some of the the ridiculousness
1: I also did a show this is now me just complaining no I'm ready (laughs) for it uh, but after I called an uber to bring me back to my hotel and I saw this uber pull up and then these people got into it and I was like oh it must not be my uber but then I saw the little car on my screen getting farther away and I was like they just stole my uber (laughs) and I called the driver and I was like did you just pick up two girls um for Matthew And and she was like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "Can you not take them to my hotel, please?" Because I could hear and them were in like, the- "Fucking Florida." I could hear them in the background. The girls being like, "Just keep going, keep. Go- we're almost there." And I was like, "Do not take them to my hotel, Wait, please." Were they like stalking you? I still don't know if they were or if they were just like drunk and thought they were getting a free ride to where they were going. That's so weird. Um, but yeah, I've just, there's a couple people where I'm like, you're drunk. I know you like had a good time at the show, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's time f- for us to part ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I'm getting ready to interview you. Do you think that like
0: because the persona that you've created has like, you know, alcohol is like part of the brand. Do Uh you think that that's influenced like the type (laughs) of... I'm just saying like... Yeah, I think
1: I've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously I'm incredibly grateful for the audience that I've built. I think like when I I love going out and doing live shows and stand up and, and... you know, it's exciting to be in a room full of people who are all just like there to have fun. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I'm like, oh my God, I'm setting a horrible example. Yeah. Especially since my audience is like 90% women. And I need to walk in and be like, I'm a professional. <laughs> my tolerance is through the roof. <laughs> like it takes a tranquilizer to bring me down. Yeah. And so and they I just can... <laughs> want to get like smashed with you. So there have been shows where they like the venue runs out of wine and I'm like, I've just created chaos. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and I'm like practically sober, but everybody else is like, "Oh a mess. my
0: gosh, that's so funny!" So yeah, i, would I, have I never I, thought I would have never thought that that would happen, <laughs> but I appreciate that context.
1: It's it's sometimes scary, but you know, the more and more stuff that I'm interested in doing, it's like you know, you don't just want to be the alcohol guy or the wine I, guy. Listen, I hear you. It's like any anything as you know, in the entertainment industry, is like if you have something specific that's successful, you know, you then sort of fight to prove that you're just you're more than that. Yeah, for
0: sure. I mean, I host a show about race and pop culture. And now people think I go to their parties and I just tell them what's racist (laughs) around their house. And I don't do that at all. I'm actually very fun at parties. (laughs) And when people listen to my podcast, like my husband and I, we curse and we like make dirty jokes. And but I don't curse on decoded for example and Uh people will say like oh my gosh i can't believe that you're like dropping f-bombs and making like sex jokes and i have to say well decoded is my job like i love decoded and it has been so good to me but i'm reading a teleprompter like that is not my whole personality like the jokes that are on there are geared towards a younger audience because that's who watches the show um it is not all coming directly from my brain. I'm also an actor and a comic. Like, I do other things. Um, So that's really interesting to me. I think that it's actually made me more empathetic to other creators. Yeah. um, Because sometimes it's like the way you find out about somebody, it is... Imprinted into your brain
1: that that's who they are, and right, many right. times it's not who they are at all. Yeah. Well, I am curious, like, what kind of stuff you're working on now? It's Decoded, still. Yeah. Still so we're on right?
0: season seven of Decoded. I think we are like ooh, five episodes in. Twelve episodes, right? Um. So I wrote a book this year. Yes. Um. I'm still in development on a television show, and I don't know how much. TV crossover you've done, but coming from the internet, it is a frame shift to realize, like, oh, things don't happen in two seconds. <laughs> um, so I've had many conversations with people where they're like, oh, two years, you're fine. And I'm like, I am, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I just keep thinking like I'm a failure. It's right. like, no, you're not a failure. TV takes forever because there's like 8 billion people making decisions and lots of money being thrown around. And it just, they're like, let's circle back in two months and you're like what? Um, So I'm doing that Um, I took a short to Sundance in January and so I took a break on trying to sell that because I was working on this show so now I'm back like starting to take meetings to try and sell that Mm -hmm. and then I've been working on a feature yeah
1: uh, I do want to transition to a quick, I call it a game, it's not really a game, mm-hmm. um, called Elaborate, where I want Ooh. you to elaborate on some of the things that you've said you've hated Ooh. on Twitter. Um, oh, my God. I will say normally, sometimes I'm like struggling to find things from people. and <laughs>
0: <laughs> That was a read. Like, as soon as you saw on your Twitter, I was like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine oh, I how love many it. things I've said I hate on Twitter. Okay. Um
1: This is from earlier this year. I hate when you answer the phone and the person on the other end says, Yeah, who is this? (laughs) Um, No, you called me. Who is this? (laughs)
0: It is so true. That is so rude. I don't know if I'm the only person that's having this problem, but I'm getting mad weird telemarketer calls from people like pretending to be the IRS. and, and I don't know what's going on, but I get them all the time now. And they're like, who is this? As soon as I answer the phone. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to tell you who I am. You called me. Right.
1: Um, OK. Uh, I really hate how food bloggers tell you their whole entire life story before getting to the frickin recipe. It's absolutely true. This is a couple years old It's still is, true. It
0: is so true. I very recently become someone who tries to cook for themselves more often mm-hmm. like just trying to like be healthier but also just like spend less money what my like trick is is I'll eat something in a restaurant and then I'll be like I could probably make this so I go online I try to like find a knockoff version and it's always like in the summer of 62 <laughs> my parents decided that they were going to lay down and create a baby. It's like what? <laughs> just tell me how to make the chicken tiki masala. Like I, that's what I want. And then you have to scroll all the way down and then there it just it's so annoying. Or they do a whole story and then they make you click through to somebody else's blog for no. the recipe It's just like just tell me what I want.
1: Totally. Okay, last one, perhaps the most controversial, although Ooh. this was um it ended up being a positive story. Okay. This was uh I used to hate on beats and now I love them. <laughs> recent famous spiralized beet salad. Explain yourself.
0: (laughs) I used to think that beets tasted like dirt. They do taste like dirt. But that's why they're good. Like, I feel like they're earthy.
1: No, they're too earthy.
0: They are a strange taste. Yeah. They're an acquired one, but now I really like them.
1: I just, it's, I want, I want the, maybe this is shallow of me, but I would like the image of the beet to match up with the taste. Don't like. What does the image project to you? It seems like it's going to be like juicy and sour and like, oh, okay. like candy, mm. but then it tastes like the opposite of candy. Yeah. It tastes like a piece of candy you dropped <laughs> right.
0: in, the, in the dirt. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um well on that note uh, i'm gonna
0: encourage you try a spiralized beet try a roasted beet salad
1: i will expand i'll expand my horizons you should i will get outside of my bubble (laughs) and try try to confront my demons and enjoy a beat but uh, i I might have to work up to it i believe in you Um, Before we let you go, where can people find you on the internet? Find your work. You can find me all over the internet as Cheska Lee,
0: C-H-E-S-C-A-L-E-I-G-H. That's my first name and my middle name smushed together. Got it. I'm stuck with it. It's not the one that I would have chosen, but... This is where I am. Yeah. Or just search for Jessica Ramsey, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat anymore. I quit.
1: Twitter, all over the place. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah,
0: thank you for having me. This was super fun.
1: I'll see you next time. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down. Barry, let's start with what are you watching this week?
2: So um, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I've had a really crazy week. So I uh, this is maybe the longest I've gone without watching TV. Wow. And by that, I mean it's been like four days. Wow. So I do have to retract something, though. Oh, God. Don't watch the third season of Lily Hammer. Okay. It's it's not a good season. Um, I was excited about it and as it kept going, it just I, I've like never been so mad at the end of a show. It was just like the plot lines went nowhere. They kept introducing characters. The women got worse somehow, not like the characters. It'd be cool if the characters became like bad characters. They just like were nothing. Um uh, they were cardboard, so that sucked. But still maintain that the second season and that finale is a fantastic finale. So I still love Lilyhammer. I still recommend it, but it's not worth watching the third season. Be happy at the end of the second.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So I, I haven't really been watching much else. I am going to start watching Broadchurch. That is the next thing we're watching. Yeah. So and Shit's Great comes back, which I know I said last week, but it does come back this week. Right. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine starts back up, which is like a I won't say guilty because I, I do enjoy it. Um, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say, like Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I am. I'm excited for that one to come back too. What about you? What are you watching?
1: I started watching you. Yeah, that's right. I stand outside <laughs> your window. Have you watched this? I have watched talk it. About it.
2: We, I think we did off mic, IRL in our Who's IRL Mike? lives. <laughs>
1: If you haven't seen, you, it used to be a Lifetime series last year, and they brought it to Netflix recently. It stars Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl, and he plays a stalker. This is not giving anything away because it's all in the pilot. But basically, he meets this girl who comes into the bookshop that he works at. And then he's like, oh, she's cute. And then he, like, follows her home and looks her up and, like, steals her phone and logs into all of her accounts and is, like, follows her. And it it just, it's the most amazingly horrible show I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it definitely is the vibe of, like, Gossip Girl, like, Pretty Little Liars, where it's like, none of this would ever happen in reality. None of these characters make any choices that make any sense whatsoever. They're in the basement of the bookshop. They just have like a glass prison cell with a two-way, one of those like two-way things that you use at a bank to like transfer large amounts of cash. There's a cocaine transfer. Love it. Via that. Cool. Because someone is kept prisoner in the glass encasement. It just is wildly out of control. It's confusing for a number of reasons. Mostly that Penn Badgley is super hot and is a crazy psycho stalker or killer. But also, it doesn't make any sense and the dialogue is ridiculous. My favorite line, not a spoiler, is via voiceover, a character says to herself. What is it about you in motel rooms that makes you so horny?
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I gotta watch it.
1: (laughs) And she says that to herself as she's unbuttoning her pants. Amazing. So that's what I've been watching. Do you have a chaser chaser?
2: Oh, of course. I always have a chaser what chaser. What is it? My chaser this week is Dr. Game Show. It, it's I'm, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the show before because it's hosted by Joe Firestone. It's that podcast. It very, very sadly has come to an end. It has been canceled for the second time. Um, it's no longer on Earwolf. But we went to the live show, and I just, it just, that show makes me so happy. And I'm really, really happy that we were able to see him live.
1: So, yeah, what about you? What's your chaser? Mine is similar. I've I've been trying to see a lot more, go to a lot more live shows, see a lot more comedy live. I mean, in addition to partaking. I'm also just a fan of so many of the people who perform in New York, and I like going out to see people, and it inspires me. Mm. I went to a show called Sparkle Hour at Union Hall in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is that everybody was like, not an alternative comic, but like a, a fun gay comic in some way, LGBT+. Plus. And I might be part of the lineup next time. Oh, fun! Or in the future. I'm trying to get on more lineups in New York. I might see it. So, live comedy, going out, being around other people. I'm trying to stick to my resolutions, and I'm succeeding. I've gone, I've left my apartment almost every day. Whoa. Shocking. That's That's amazing. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There were definitely like two days where I didn't. I just straight up
2: did. Hey, that's two out of 10.
1: That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us, but only if it's nice. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our editors are Dina Kleiner and Josh Gwynn. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai, And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, A bye-bye (laughs) Meow Paris is not Paris Hilton, the the state of Paris, France, the nation state of Paris Oh my god. (laughs) I feel like my body is just falling. (laughs) You just
2: slowly